Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. So, and these uh, get posted to Dharma Seed, um, so you can always come back and uh, hear the talk or share it with somebody else if, uh, if you think they would like. So we're going to start off the evening as we usually do with uh, when she's here with a song by Eve Decker, uh, co-teacher at our community. Um, if you haven't met Eve before, wonderful Dharma teacher, singer, songwriter, and uh, she's going to offer a song for, for the evening. So Eve, uh, take it away. Thank you, James. Um, so, so James, you said that the topic for tonight was something about accessing insight or, or using memories of other insightful times to bring it into the present moment. Is that something along the yeah. lines of what you're teaching on tonight? Yeah, that, that, that is the topic. Yeah. Okay, great. All right. So the song that came to me to sing related to this topic, it's a song that I wrote a while ago called Given to You. And it's about the relationship between mindfulness and gratitude. And um, Mary Oliver has a poem called Mindfulness. And one of the lines in that poem is the prayers that are made out of grass. And one of the many benefits of mindfulness is that we have the ability to really savor these beautiful small level miracles like like grass. <laughs> it really can be quite extraordinary. Um, and so that practice around coming into the present moment noticing the feeling tone is it pleasant or unpleasant or neutral and then if it's pleasant if it happens to be a pleasant present moment that you're inhabiting to really soak it in and so that's not only true about moments where we're really enjoying the beauty of the grass but it's also true about our spiritual practice that there can be these really um, incredible moments and we can log them into long-term memory by really taking them in. So this is given to you. <clears throat> I am breathing It's a gift from earth and sky. Every exhale, every in-breath, the whole universe telling me, yes, I have this body traveling, sweet devoted companion, warm and Spacious mystery, priceless gift bestowed to me. I cannot tell you why we're here, so broken and so lost. I do not understand the hate daily grieve the cost but I can say with confidence because I clearly see this moment is a miracle given to you and me this weary to 
Thanks, Eve. So as uh, Eve mentioned, uh, I am calling the talk tonight, um, Accessing Triggers for Insight. There's a, one of my favorite lines in all of uh, the Buddha's teaching. There are lots, but one that I refer back to again and again is his uh, statement in this fathom long body the whole of the dharma is revealed suffering its cause its end the path leading to the end in this fathom long body six feet give or took take a foot and a half standard deviation pretty much covers mo most of us um and I love that line uh, mainly because it, it helps me remember that what I'm exploring and investigating when I practice is this laboratory that I've been given, that's been given to me, um, to understand the nature of the human experience and reality. The Buddha in his discourse on the foundations of mindfulness, the Satipatthana Sutta, the first sutta, uh, the first um, foundation is mindfulness of the body. And there's a number of different practices that he has for that, but he says it can all, it's all found in the body. He says, you can just even stay with the breath and it can take you all the way. But then he has, he says, sitting, standing, uh, walking, lying down, uh, noticing the elements as they express themselves in the body, noticing the, the different uh, sense doors and contact and, and how that gives rise to our experience and interpretation of experience. It's all found in the body. And memories are stored in the body, as we all know. When you are truly connected to your experience, when you embody your experience, uh, there's a a sense that other people can feel what's going on and it it can land in in their bodies as well but all memories it's like there's this amazing hard drive in there that remembers it all the good the bad the um the traumatic and the wisdom as well it's all in there and I was, I was thinking, I, I want to offer this as a reflection for you to see in your own experience. Uh, I was thinking about memories that have stayed with me my whole life, um, that when I think of them, 
the whole body tunes to a particular channel. As I was going for a walk about a, a, an hour and a half ago or so, and just kind of reflecting on, on this topic, mm. I remembered an experience when I was about, oh, 14 or so. Uh, that has stayed with me forever. And it's about music. And probably, uh, you know, this experience when you hear a song from decades ago, it puts you right back there. How does that happen? Anyway, this experience, I'll just share with you a little bit of my own personal experience. When I was, when I was 14, very, very shy and um, insecure and uh, a late bloomer, so to, so to speak. Um, there was a song, you have to be my age, this that came out, oh, this is like 1961, 62. There was a song, maybe some people will remember it, um, by a group called Rosie and the Originals. And the song was A Thousand Stars in the Sky. Anybody remember that song? A thousand stars in the sky make me realize. I, I hated that song because it just seemed to just go on and on and, uh, and, and sappy lyrics and all until I went to a party. I think they called them socials in those, those days. And I, I asked, I had somehow got the, the gumption to ask somebody who I really had a crush on to dance to that song, which up until that point was endless. It seemed like it never could, would end. And there I was with my crush dancing this slow dance. And I didn't care if it ever ended. And all of a sudden, Rosie and the Originals and A Thousand Stars. When I think of that, my whole body kind of remembers that magic moment where there I was slow dancing with Esther Ingber. Oh my goodness. And that was a song that I hated until I had a whole different connection with it. And I think of it, and actually the, the cool thing about iTunes and I have Apple Music, I said, I'm gonna listen to that song. I hadn't heard it in probably 30 or 40 years, maybe, no, probably more than that. And the magic is, oh, I can do it. And I just put on Rosie and the Originals singing A Thousand Stars and there I was back again. Oh, what a great moment that was. So maybe you're, you're getting my, my point, right? It's all in there. And that is true also of difficult experiences. That's how trauma gets buried in our, in our bodies. Um, something happens and there's a memory and it gets activated and stored in the hippocampus. And you remember very clearly a particular moment sometimes and something triggers it. I'm remembering with um, uh, Christine um, uh, Blasey Ford, I'm not remembering if I know her name right, um, where she was saying uh, in, in, the, in the hearings, the Kavanaugh hearings, she said, I remember going down the stairs and, and somebody said, how can you remember that? You can't remember all these other things. And she was explaining about the hippocampus, how it, it gets imprinted with a particular intense event. We probably all have our own version of that. Mm. So, and, and the, and the, the power of, 
uh, trauma work, somatic experiencing, particularly uh, that Peter Levine um, has, has brilliantly brought forth, is reliving and, and connecting with when the body was frozen at a particular time and to little by little somehow uh, titrating our dukkha, titrating our memory and a little at a time, letting the body release until the body isn't, isn't locked and frozen in that moment, which gets activated by anything that is reminding one of that original um, environment, sense impingement. Mm. It's amazing how that works. It, it, I, I highly recommend uh, Peter Levine's work in somatic experiencing. Waking the Tiger was a, a book that had a really powerful effect on me. Um, he says that animals uh, can shake off their trauma. If a, a bird hits against the, a window and is stunned and is frozen for a while, they are completely frozen and paralyzed and animals have this capacity uh, that comes naturally to them um, of after a while shaking it off they shiver and shake off that frozenness and then they go on and fly off humans don't usually have that understanding and that capacity and they get locked into that moment and until it's released it can get activated and the trauma um, re-triggering. Re so that's the that's the challenging part mm. but it's so um, powerful to realize that our body memories can work for us as well. I was thinking about um, Maya Angelou's quote, and she says, um, it's not what people say that stays with you, it's how they make you feel. It's how they make you feel. And you know probably that that feeling uh, in listening to a Dharma talk, there might be some, uh, some brilliant wisdom and lots of concepts, but if your body isn't engaged, if it doesn't touch your heart in some way and move you, then it's more cerebral understandings. But when something touches your heart, and often it's just a story or an anecdote. That's usually what you remember from a, from a talk. That's what stays with you because that really connects right in here. That that's, that's where the transmission happens, how you feel. <clears throat> and you can tell when, when somebody often, uh, people um, who are newer to practice, who are newer to teaching, uh, can read their, their talks and not feel so connected to the words. And the words might be just amazing, but if there's not that embodied connection to the words, it, it doesn't land in the same place. And there's something very mysterious about that transmission where you can feel somebody's energy as they're sharing their experience, whether or not it's a Dharma talk or a friend uh, sharing an experience. You can um, feel it in your bones, you know, that, that expression. Or when something lands, oh, it really touched me. It really moved me. Uh, oh, it landed. Oh, my, I had that, that gut understanding, you know. Oh, I could feel it in my gut. So all of these are referencing how important it is to 
um, to, to tune into our bodily experience. That's how things really land. Um, and it also is so in the, the development of our Dharma practice too. I'm remembering Ajahn Chah has a beautiful teaching. He says, first we, first we hear the Dharma, you know, you can hear a talk or, or read a book. First we hear it, then we understand the Dharma. Intellectually, it starts to make sense. Then we realize the Dharma and there's a kind of glimpse into reality that is a shift of pers perspective and perception. But then the, the final step is we become the Dharma, where it's the same teaching, but little by little, it's sinking into our cells. And it's not just a, an intellectual concept. We feel it, we express it, and others can feel it around us as well. That's what the mystery of transmission is about. <clears throat> so getting to this uh, idea of accessing triggers for insight, uh, just like there can be um, trauma triggers, there can be triggers and it's in some traditions where it's spoken of as a trigger for insight where when you experience something as eve was saying in her introduction if you are really present for it or if you remember that powerful experience it can be available to you and I've had this experience, maybe you can think in your own, um, in your own journey, uh, you've had similar experiences. I'm going to invite you to reflect in a, in a little while. Um, one very mm, profound um, milestone in my, my own Dharma practice, I think I've mentioned this probably uh, before, uh, where in, uh, on, it was, it was on a three month retreat in, uh, 1979. And I was in the, uh, insight meditation society, um, dining room. And I used to have, a um, a cup of Cafix regularly. That was my beverage of choice in those days. I actually haven't had Cafix in a long time, but, I used to have it regularly and just sitting with my cup of Cafix and I can remember exactly where I was the towards the back of the, the dining room. And I was stirring that cup and there's bubbles. I, if you don't put milk in it and it was just, uh, just dark, you can see the bubbles as I was swirling my spoon around, just mixing in the, probably I put in honey at that time. And all of a sudden I looked at those bubbles swirling and I saw galaxies swirling around and I saw atoms and electrons swirling around and I saw the gamut of the infinitely, infinitesimally small to the infinitely, universally immense. And I understood in my own way, those bubbles coming into form and then going and coming into form and going and coming into form and swirling and swirling. And I saw impermanence in a way that I'd never seen before. And that really deeply impacted me. I saw 
this whole, there's no stopping reality. It's continually transforming. It's just, you know, energy continually transforming in itself. And it was profound. And the interesting thing is, even as I'm talking to you now, I'm right back in that IMS cafeteria, dining room, having that understanding. Wow, it's really true. And since that time, and in particular in the last 15 or 20 years or so, or so particularly um, supporting people in their practice, I've seen the power of um, of letting those experiences connect with an understanding, with a deep understanding that is beyond what the mind can conceive. It's going to a much deeper level. Sometimes people come into a uh, an interview, a practice discussion on retreat. <clears throat> Haven't done that live in, in, in quite some time. Uh, by the way, Spirit Rock is opening up for its first uh, on the land live retreat uh, next month. And I'm going to be sitting it. It's a concentration retreat uh, with, um, with some wonderful teachers. Uh, and I'm really excited. That's just a little aside. Uh, but when people come into uh, a practice discussion and they often open up because there's a spaciousness of, of the, the mind and the heart that happens through mindfulness and things land in a much deeper way. And they come in, this is almost every retreat, this happens several times, many times, but people come in and they say, wow, I saw something yesterday that I never saw before. Some Something, a typical co comment would be, I was walking down to the dining room and I took a step and I understood that I wasn't who I thought I was, that there I was, I saw anatta, the selfless nature of experience in a way that I never saw before, where it was just atoms and molecules hitting the ground and, and, and life just kind of seeing itself. And I don't know, it's hard to explain. And then they would often say, I know I shouldn't get attached. I'm not going to get attached. And uh, I'll, uh, you know, maybe that'll happen again. Or they'll say, gosh, I wish I could go back there again. Or they'll say, on my first retreat eight years ago, I had this experience and I've never been able to get it back. And every retreat, I hope that it'll happen again. And my response is, if it was just yesterday or eight years ago, I'll say, okay, before you just dismiss the possibility of you ever experiencing it again, I'd like to play around with you and let's just play. Don't try to make anything happen. Don't try to go for any bells and whistles. I would just like you to remember that experience yesterday. Just close your eyes and just remember it. Don't try to make anything happen. Don't try to recreate it. Just let yourself enjoy the memory. And it, it can help to have somebody uh, support that recollection. I say, oh, just remember that step. Mm. Remember, 
seeing things in a new way. And invariably, almost always, if I simply invite, let's just go back there and enjoy the memory. There will be a softening of the face, a smile often, but a deep dropping into the experience again. And if there's any kind of smile on their face or that kind of relaxing and relief, I'll say, I'll often say, can you, can you remember it? And there's a little nod. I say, ah, here it is again. You don't have to wait five retreats from now. Here it is again. It might not be the bells and whistles that you are hoping for, but here it is again. You've just opened to that channel of understanding that was so impactful. And there's almost always a smile and say, yeah, here it is again. Wow. And that's the same also for people who had their experience eight years ago. As long as you're not trying to recreate the bells and whistles, you are simply inclining the mind to that memory. And it's all there, just like Rosie in the originals and a thousand stars in the sky. Oh, here it is again. And I'll simply invite, now just relax and enjoy the memory. And I'll, if it's been a very powerful understanding, I'll say, when you sit, just let yourself remember that for a few moments. Because there's something about um, having the, the, the neural pathways deepen through mindful awareness that um, that registers in a very different way. My friend Rick Hansen, the neuroscience expert, he says, mindfulness is like um, shining a flashlight, a sh shining a spotlight and scooping with a vacuum into your neural pathways when you're experiencing something positive and you are bringing mindfulness to it, you are amplifying it and you are um, deepening the neural pathways, the grooves in your brain. And the Buddha says the same thing. He says, um, besides cultivating wholesome states, when they've arisen, the fourth of the wise efforts is to maintain and increase that wholesome state. He says, this is, this is a good thing to do. That's the fourth of the four wise efforts. When a wholesome state has arisen to maintain and increase that wholesome state. But the tricky part is that often people are trying to grasp the wholesome state. And as soon as they grasp it, oh, please don't go away. Or how do I keep it here? Or how do I make it happen? That very effort is a contraction. And there's no way you can deepen a wholesome state when you're contracting. Because wholesome states are expansive and unwholesome akusala states are all contracting so the trick is to not grasp after it but to simply enjoy it and as i say in the uh, awakening joy course don't miss it that's the key don't miss it let it register uh, and I often quote the Buddha in this one discourse where he says um, to pay attention to that wholesome state, what he calls 
the gladness of the wholesome, that there is a gladness, a feeling of uplift when you're in the middle of a wholesome state. And he gives the example in, in this one discourse, Majima Nikaya, number 99, where he says, if you're in the middle of a generous act, think to yourself, oh, I'm being generous now. And he says, as you reflect on the, the fact that you're being generous and you can feel generosity move through you, not, oh, I hope everybody sees how generous I am. No, that, that's just kind of uh, ego inflation. But when he says, oh, notice how good it feels to be generous, then you can tune into that feeling of uplift, which he calls the gladness connected with the wholesome. And he says in this discourse, that gladness connected with the wholesome, I call an equipment of mind to disarm all hostility. That gladness, one gladdens the heart, one gains inspiration in the meaning, inspiration in the Dhamma. So this is what I, I want to offer to us and maybe do a little bit of a, a practice um, as, we're, as we're here. Mm. So let's play around a bit. Invite you to uh, close your eyes. Okay. And uh, maybe first, Think of a, a joyful moment in your past. Maybe you had your own Rosie and the Originals moment when you were younger. That has stayed with you. And now don't go for any kind of bells and whistles. Just remember it. As much as you can, remember the environment. Remember the experience. And in the recollection, just enjoy the memory. Not just in your mind, but if you go back there, enjoy that whole feeling in your being. Don't hold on to it. Don't try to make any more than it is, but just enjoy the memory. Okay, if you like, you can open your eyes. And um, if you would uh, just put in the, the chat box uh, what your experience was. You don't have to get into the, the content, but let's just, uh, and there's no right or wrong in this. If you would, how did it feel? Don't be shy. Filled with a golden light of pure love for several hours. Light, open, warm. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Warm and satisfying. Yeah. Maybe just a couple more. Sweet, calm and peaceful. 
Okay, so now let me let me ask you, oh Tingling, yeah. Let me ask how many people were able to recall a memory? Just ra raise your hand. Okay. And how many people uh, as they uh, as you recalled it were able to feel um, to experience to some extent that um, that well that feeling of well-being you can visually raise your hand okay. right okay so now that's just in in memory this is what I do in the joy course to uh, cultivate a wholesome state and then notice how uh, how it feels and don't miss it now want to apply this to dharma practice and getting to this notion of accessing those triggers for insight so i'd like you if you've been if you've been practicing meditation for a while or even if you haven't um i invite you to go through another recollection. Once again, you can close your eyes and in your journey, think of, if you can recall some powerful moment of understanding something in a new way. Maybe it was on a retreat Maybe it was off a retreat or getting through something hard and there was a lesson there, but something that it wasn't about what you read in a book. It was about something that you experienced for yourself, a new way of seeing things, an insight, as we say, an insight meditation. And I'll, I'll be quiet for a moment and just, uh, See if you can recall an important learning that you've had in your life. Often it's going through some difficulties, but it could be on in the meditation as well. I'll be quiet. And now, as you recall it, if you got in touch with this understanding, this learning, remember where you were, if you can, don't try too hard. Remember perhaps where you were, what you were doing, any minor detail that you can about the experience. And just remember that moment. And relax into it. Here it is again, if you can experience it, a truth that you discovered for yourself that can't be taken from you. All you need to do is remember that truth and how it has landed in your body. Because here it is again, activating what you already know, your own wisdom, And if it's been a valuable learning, I invite you these next few days to just recall that moment. So it becomes more and more yours again and your reference for home. Okay, you can come back if you like.
So the key is to not grasp, not try to make something happen, but just to invite the memory and enjoy the recollection and bring mindfulness to that understanding. And it more and more becomes a lived um, frame of reference for you to uh, return to again and again. That informs everything else in your life. Just like that cup of Catholic has informed my life for the last 40 plus years, 40 plus years. So I'll stop here. And if there's any comments or um, things you want to share or, or ask, we can take a, a few moments. And if you'd like, you can either uh, go into the reactions box and uh, you can raise your hand on the, the icon down there, I'll see. Or uh, if you want, you can unmute yourself and I can go to speaker mode. Anything that comes up from that? Mm -hmm. Let's see. And if you like, also you can put something, you write something in the chat box if you're shy about speaking. Going once, going twice. Gone. Well, evaporation of separateness. Yeah, oh, that's your experience, Larry. Yeah. So I just I offer that it's been so um invaluable in my own practice and i offer that when you have something really um, powerful that struck you don't think um that's impacted you don't think oh that was then and maybe it'll happen again no just let it let it be yours it reminds me when i was in when i was in school uh my sixth grade teacher a great teacher mrs oxman i'm just getting a memory of her right now uh, would say, if you say a word three times, a new word, you know, if you learn a new word, if you say it three times, it's yours. I haven't thought about this in a long time. Uh, because there's something about not just seeing it and being passive, but actively embodying it. And it's the same with this. If you revisit your understandings a few times, it's more and more yours. So let your wisdom really register deeply and then you have it that much more available to share with everyone else. Okay, so, um, oh, and I wanna make an announcement that uh, August 5th, Lev is gonna be here, right? Lev White is gonna be here. So the next two weeks, I'll be here right? Is it? Uh, and uh, then we'll have a, a special guest uh, in, in three weeks. So Eve, why don't you? Um, why don't you share a song to lead us out? Yeah, we'll just do our dedication of merit. Yes. Every living being, our minds as one and radiant with light. Share the fruits of peace with hearts of goodness, luminous and bright. If people hear and see how hands and hearts can find in unity. May our minds awake 
wisdom and to joy. May kindness find reward. May all who sorrow leave our grief and pain. May this boundless light meet the darkness of our sacred night. Because our hearts are one, this world of pain turns into paradise. May all become compassionate and wise. May all become so much Eve and just a, a final sharing and just taking one more look at the screen with our friends here and wishing each other well and may our coming here together support our own practice and and wrap in a great ball of merit, as Joanna Macy says, and um, share it with everyone in our lives and with the world and this planet may all find deep happiness and peace. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.